Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness, tranquility descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him. Some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz Amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and intimate manner makes them relatable. So without further ado, let's begin this journey. Okay, so before starting the tafsir, inshallah, I just want to say a few words on repentance because that is very important in this surah. So no doubt the way the people of Makkah have been behaving and how they have been you know, hurting the, the believers and how they have been causing all the troubles and all the persecution against, against the believers, it really it, it, it is something you know, it is not easy to, to be forgiven. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after warning them, and also after making very clear the believers how they go to paradise and what the reward for them is waiting, still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes very clear that these people, if they repent, their repentance can be accepted. So how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, how, how repents. This never lose hope. And I'm trying to say that in whatever happens to you, and anybody among you, your neighbors, if they don't obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they are very bad people, before the death, if they repent to Allah Taala, He can forgive all their sins. If somebody comes to Allah Taala, He has killed his father. He killed his father and he did zina with his own mother. Understand how, how bad the crime is. If somebody kills his father and does adultery with his mother, and then he comes to his Lord repenting, Allah can forgive him. Any sin can be forgiven. So that's why the people around us, we never should look at them as low. You know, we should be helpful. We should think really, these people, if they repent, how they can come nearer to their Lord. And I just read a few hadiths and then start the tafsir, inshallah. There are hadiths in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim both. Uh, the Prophet says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu Allah becomes more happy, Allah becomes more pleased when people repent to him, when they come back to him than the someone who was on his she camel in a desert. He was on a she camel in a desert and then he slept and he lost his, 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 his she camel. And the she camel has got all his food and drink. And then he kept looking for that until he has lost all the hope. And now there's nothing for him other than death because the food is gone, drink is gone, and she came in, is no more there. He cannot, cannot travel back. Nothing is there. No hope there. This person, after losing all the hope, then he comes to the tree and they lie down on the shadow of the tree. And he has lost all the hope. When he was there, he wakes up and then he found his she camel has come back next to him with all the food, with all the drink. 
and that person you know then he took the rein of the she camel and he said out of the happiness allahumma anta abdi wa ana rabbuka he thanks allah by in thanking he does mistake he said oh allah you are my slave and i am your lord oh allah you are my slave and i am your lord akhtaa min shiddat al farah he was so happy he did mistake allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes more happy than repentance of people than this person when people repent to him he becomes more happy all the sins are forgiven nothing remains there you know umar al farooq he leaves his house to kill the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but when he repents you know it, it, there never can be a crime bigger than that you know to to leave your house with the sword to kill the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what can worse than that and the quran says that the people who kill the messengers you know how worse how bad they are he leaves the house to kill the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam but he repents and because muslim all the sins are forgiven they never can come back this, this thing and there another story ibn al-qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala has written in his madarij as-salikin and this uh, story is by one of the pious person he said once he was in one of the street in a city in one of the street and he saw that a, a door in the house has been opened a woman she opens a door in the house and then he she pushes her child a small baby 7 year old 5 year old out of the door and the baby is crying and weeping and asking help from the mother and mother is so so angry she pushed him outside the house and then she closed the door locked the door and and she went inside the house then the child has no place to go he walked little bit but he did not know what to do he started and this pious person looking at, at the child he moved little bit but then he start thinking and he did not know where to go he has no house to go he does not know anybody who can have mercy he only knows his house and he only knows his mother he does not know anybody then he came back to the door of the house broken heart with the broken heart no place to go and no one to take refuge with with broken heart full of grief but when he comes the door is closed he can't enter then he lies on the door and sleeps there and after a while his mother she comes out open the door just see what and she sees the child in lying down on the ground next door she hugs him and kisses him and embraces him and she said to him oh my child how can you go anywhere from me who can you know protect you who can give you you know any refuge other than me and then she you know express all her love and affection you know for the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no doubt really this reminds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the people when they come back to him more than this mother to her child that's why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says Allah arhamu bi ibadihi min alwalidati bi waladiha Allah is more merciful with the people than the mother to their children you know if any child leaves the house and comes back how happy the mother will be you know we do sin we commit the sin we we disobey him but when we come back he becomes happy just think he becomes pleased the children they disobey their mother they leave the house but when they come back the mothers become happy the mothers are pleased how merciful the lord actually is you just walk to him he comes to you running to so never never forget the repentance and simple thing actually is if allah subhanahu wa taala does not forgive us we cannot survive if allah subhanahu wa taala does justice properly with us we never never can do anything right the only thing we expect from our lord is that he forgives us his forgiveness that we repent to him and he forgives then nothing else can save us if allah subhanahu wa taala makes proper justice 
we never, never can be saved. Because we never can thank him enough. We never can obey him properly. We never can worship him properly. Nothing is proper. If he really, if he punishes us on the prayers that we do, if he punishes us on the fasting that we do, we deserve fire of hell. It, except if he repent, if he forgives us and accept our repentance, then nothing which can save us. To always understand this properly, that how important and how strong is the mercy of Allah His rahma, His mercy, and His acceptance of the repentance of the sinners and His forgiveness. But the repentance, as I, you know, I have written here, uh, always keep in mind, repentance basically is not a feeling. And in Islam, nothing is a feeling. Nothing is a feeling. Islam, everything is determination and action. Repentance means you de determine that now you are going to live differently. Now you are going to change your way of life or really change. Repentance is never, never a feeling. Repentance is not a word that you say. Some people say, oh Allah, I repent to you. That's not repentance. Some people regret. You know, sometimes you know people. No doubt regretting is the beginning of the repentance. But that itself is not repentance. Repentance means to determine properly that now you are going to behave differently. You are going to live differently. That's what Tawah means. Tawah means to return back. Means you have gone far away. Now you are coming back to him. You have to think, you have to regret, and you have to do something. So repentance means determine, full determination that now you are going to act differently. If you don't act differently and don't determine, it is not repentance. It could be that you determine and then you again fail. It is repentance. But repentance must, must have your determination that you are going to act differently. You, you act differently, then afterwards you fail again, again repent, again fail, again repent. As far as you keep repenting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep forgiving you. But if you don't repent, he is not going to forgive you. The main thing is people must keep coming to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever they commit mistake. Now we are coming to this surah. <coughs> In this surah, uh, before going uh, you know, detail, one thing understand actually, what is the time of the revelation? The, this, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal the Quran altogether at one time. No, Quran has been revealed in the stages. Why? Because the Prophet and his companions, believers in him, they need guidance in every stage of their life. And sometimes they need consolation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals to them in every stage whatever they need. So like for Surah Al-Buruj and Surah Al-Tariq, they have been revealed in a time that people needed something like that. So this surah will tell you what were the conditions of the believing community at that time. It makes very clear the believing community, they were, have full suffering. And in Makkah, the persecution against them was, you know, on the height. And people like Abu Jahl and Abu, Abu, Abu Lahab and people, you know, other powerful people of Quraysh, they used to make any punishment for the believers, men and women both. That's very clear. Quran is going to refer here, believing men and believing women both in this context. That really amazing thing. Usually, Quran does not mention the women separately. Because when the Quran says the believers, it includes men and women both. But sometimes Quran mentions believing men and women separately, believing Muslims and uh, men, Muslim men and women separately, because there are certain needs for that. In this context, need was there, because most suffering was happening for the women and also for the weak people of the society. The Quran wants to make very clear, and also Quran wants to make clear women who are so weak, if they, their belief and faith be so strong 
then people do all the persecution, but still they remain firm, then we should be stronger than them. And no doubt one of the believing women at that time, her name is Sumayya, the mother of Yasir uh, Ammar, uh, uh, Tarano, a wife of Yasir, Yasir Tarano, she was persecuted by Abu Jahl so much that even he killed her. And he killed her very badly, and she became the first shaheed, first martyr in Islam, this woman. The believing men and women both are passing by, you know, by difficulties. In this surah, Quran is going to mention the believing women separately. And there are more than occasion this. Some, there are some people, you know, the teaching that women in the Quran only mention either wives, you know, things like that. They are not mentioned independently. This is not true, really. Because in, 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 in the Quran, men and women both are human beings and both are slaves of Allah. Both are expected to have the same Iman, same Islam. The difference has been made only for the purpose of the family, nothing else. Because for the family purpose, Allah wanted to have men and women, mothers and, and father, that's all, husband and wife. But otherwise, both are human beings. If the father becomes a believer, mother will not be a believer unless she believes. So for a man's belief will be according to his belief, and mother's, um, women's belief will be according to their own belief. So mothers and uh, women and men, both are independent in their Iman and in their Islam. It is very clear in the Quran, also in the Sunnah of the Prophet so that keep in mind. Second thing is, in this surah, according to some people, their story has been said. And some, many people have been believing that. The story is very similar, which happens in every community. So that's why you can see there are more than one narration of the story. The simple of the story, basically, there used to be a believing community, small number of the believers. And the king and the people of the power, they opposed them. And still the believers remain very, very firm on the belief. And nothing could, could turn them away from the belief. So what happened? You know, these people, uh, unbelievers, they were, you know, uh, uh, basically their heart is, is so, so dead that they even, you know, dug a ditch very, you know, long, and then they filled it with the fire, and then they threw these believers, men and women, inside the ditch, and they remained there watching them while they being burnt. So in this one. You can see the story, two things. One is the belief of these people so strong that even throwing them in the fire and burning them could not stop them from leaving their belief. The belief is so strong. And these people, they are so cruel and their heart is like more than, worse than a stone that they see this thing and they enjoy this thing. They don't have any mercy and they don't realize that you know, the, how they are in the hand of Allah. One day will come when Allah is going to judge them. And they don't understand really that this earth is so tiny compared to the whole universe of Allah You know, he has got all the sky and how, you know, all the power in his hand. And the time will come when they're going to be punished. So some people think that in this, in this surah, Allah is referring to a story of certain people who have been thrown in a ditch which was full of the fire. And then the story has come there to, to connect the, the condition of the believers in Makkah with that story. The meaning is that believers in Makkah, they are asked to be patient and firm as those people have been. And they get paradise. And also to warning against unbelievers of Makkah and Mukarramah that if you do like that, your destination will be the fire of hell as those people. So, you know, and there are more than one story. In this some story, a Jewish story. No doubt this thing keep happening in every community. But I, uh, more actually in this matter, I prefer the opinion of the people, like, you know, uh, uh, the one of them, Amin Hassan Islahi, and, uh, and some people like him, uh, you know, and, uh, and my, my, some of my teachers. Their opinion is that it is not referring to any community. 
you know, there are no people are this actually this Uhdu this is not referring to anything in this in this world. It basically simple thing is Quran is calling the people in Makkah al-Mukarrama who are causing all the problems and persecution against the believers. Quran is calling them as the people of the ditch. And ditch basically is the one of the stage in the fire of hell. So these people, the Quran, Quran, Quran is calling them, they are the people of the ditch. And what ditch is, the Quran explained, it's actually fire, you know, full of the fire and all those things, and how the punishment will be there for them. That Quran is Quran not referring to here, here, to any story of the earlier people where the people have been thrown in the fire and things like that. I prefer, no doubt, uh, this one. And uh, because the thing is really, whenever Quran mentions, refer to any story of the past, it only refers if it can be useful. Imagine if the Quran refers to the story of the people who throw certain believers in the ditch. Why, why, why this story is going to be, do anything to, to Makkars? How Makkars are going to believe in that story? First thing, they don't know the story anyway. And first thing, they don't know that who the king was in that time. They don't know anything. Even actually uh, Muslim Mufassirin, people who write the tafsir, they don't know a, a, a name of the, of the king who made all this problem. And also the Quran does not mention any punishment in this world for those people. Like for example, where the Quran mentioned the story of Thamud and Aad and the people of Iran and Nu Islam, why Quran mentioned them? Very clearly that these people they are arrogant, they disobeyed Allah Taala. Then the punishment came to them in this world, and there was another punishment thereafter. If Quran is mentioning the story of a people of ditch, and there are certain people living in this world, and the Quran does not mention any punishment for them in this world, how this story is going to change Makkans? How Makkans are going to change by this story? And then in the verse of the Quran, there is nothing to suggest it is story connected to, to, to any people. It, it, not, nothing that to suggest. Uh, anyway, when I go going to Tafsir, I'll mention both opinions. Though no doubt most people, majority of the people in Tafsir, they, they think that there have been people of the ditch. And the story was similar to what I explained. And then Quran referring to the story. I prefer the opinion of the people who say, it is not referring to a story. It is only basically warning to the people of Makkah that these people, if they behave as they behave, they will be going to a part of uh, fire of hell, which is like a ditch. And they're going to be thrown in there. And where the fire is burning, a certain description of the fire, that's what is going to happen. It is basically referring to them, not to any other uh, you know, external reference. Now let's start. The Quran is, وَالسَّمَاءِ ذَاتِ الْبُرُوجِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْمَعُودِ وَشَاهِدٍ وَمَشْهُودٍ you know, even the surah before that, Quran started about the sky, the heaven. Even before that, you can see the sama and fatarat. The Quran keeps bringing the sky all the time. Because in the Quranic term, Allah is the you know, creator of the whole universe. The Quran wants to always you know, make it very deep in the mind of the people that you know, you know, your enjoyment and your power that you enjoy in this world is on a very tiny earth, very, very tiny thing space, very tiny space, and even this tiny space, you, you, you own very <coughs> limited space. So all these unbelievers, whether the you know, people of Fir'aun, or people of Nuh or Ad and Thamud, or people of Makkah, you know, what they own is this earth, and even on this earth, they own very little space. Allah always wants to connect this space, little space, with the huge universe. It is very tiny compared to what Allah has got. So that's why the Quran keeps mentioning the sky, because the sky basically is the biggest speck compared to, uh, to this earth country. Very tight, just like a dot earth is compared to that. You know, nothing 
Allah Subhanahu first want to tell you his majesty his power that how much he owns you know that was samaid and second thing is Quran wants to make very clear that you know the sky they are like a palace or you know or they you can say like a fort of a king when you living in a city like you know if you are in delhi so there's a red fort when you pass by the red fort what you see is the walls of the red fort what you see is sometimes the lights the lamps that are outside the fort but you really don't know what inside is unless you have been inside you don't know similarly no doubt really what we see is it outer part of that huge fort of Allah SWT. huge palace you can whatever you can say the outer part what inside there is how much amazing thing there no way that we can know Allah SWT sometimes mentions something little bit but it is impossible that we can imagine Allah SWT mentions that a throne of Allah SWT beyond that and many many realities beyond that we don't see them what we see actually is the outer part of that you know that that big space so when people see a fort and we see the wall there's nothing really the fort is not meant for that purpose that you see the wall the fort is meant for something else the purpose of the fort is something else so when we see what we see from the sky it is really impressive but it is very tiny the real thing what inside there is much much more impressive so just you can imagine really that how great is the power of Allah how much he has created and how his majesty how his power is so Quran what sometimes to him Quran the sky you know and I mentioned so many times here that whenever the Qasam the oath come in the Quran they come only for a witness and proof because these things are going to be a proof for something else Allah want to use them as a proof to what buruj means in you know, the buruj is jam of burj and this word has been used in the Quran more than one surah like in surah nisa this has has has, has come uh, you know uh, uh, when Quran said that you know you know people uh, you know death death will come to you uh, you know wherever you are walau kuntum fi buruji mushayyada even if you are very strong you know force big force strong force even inside the force which is close from everywhere still the death can catch you so death can come you all the time so you can say burj basically means like a fortress like a fort like a palace something like that to wasama idatil buruj in the sky which actually the you know full of those you know buruj in everywhere to you know uh, and from there people you know who are beyond that they can see what happening here so basically you can see that you know what hanging upon us is as a sky which has got many many of those forts many many of those places where people can watch what we are doing but we can't know what was happening there and very very strong so like in this world when people are in a fort they feel that, you know they are so safe Allah SWT want to say that you know this sky is like you know like a palace and a fort of Allah SWT and beyond that there are so many things exist so first thing you know you get this hanging thing you know it owned by Allah SWT and this qasam you know for a purpose and the purpose basically is to tell you uh, very clearly that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of every single thing and he looks at every single thing and he has got you know the people who, you know, angels who work for him and they record every single thing and they witness of every single thing whatever people do every crimes are written down and whatever people do Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over them you know he enables them if he's not there people cannot do anything so Allah's power is there Allah's eye is there 
Allah sees everything. Allah, Allah is the doer of every, every single thing. So this is the, and that and then also say that when Allah SWT has made this huge arrangement that whatever people do, it is washed. Whatever people do, Allah's power over them. When this system has been made, it makes very clear that one day people are going to be accountable to Allah Taala. So Quran is saying that the people in Makkah al-Mukarramah, even a small town, they should not forget that they're beyond the you know, grip of Allah Taala. It's not that they can do whatever like Allah Taala, you know, they're under the hand of Allah Taala all these people, all the time. So that way he's reminding the people first about his own in, in, in power. Uh, and that why, you know, Mawla Farai, Mawla Farai said very nicely here, As-Sama'i Dhatil Buruj, Kal-Hissani Lmani'i Lmalikin, Di-Arshin Majid, Wabatshin Shadid, Fa'alil Lima Yurid, Ja'al Yawman Ma'udan, Lithawabihi Wa'iqabihi. As-Sama'i Dhatil Buruj, this sky with the Buruj, it like a protected, a strong fort of a king who has got a huge throne and in a very glorified throne and who, whose grip you know, and his hold on the people is very strong and he executes anything he wants. You know, he's, you know, he does exactly according to his will. Nobody can interfere and nobody can change his will. So he does exactly what he wants. It is not that people make him to do what they want. He does what he wants and he has made a day of the promise for everybody where he will reward the people, good reward and bad reward. And he watched his slaves himself. Shahidan al-Ibadi, he sees everything. Whatever people do, he sees everything properly and every single thing. And then <coughs> he encompasses them. You know, it is not that the you know, people can run or escape anywhere. They, they are surrounded by him from everywhere. And this Lord, you know, he does not enjoy to punish the people and does not, he does not want to show that how much power he's got. No, he is all forgiving and he has full the love for the believers. But at the same time, those who don't, don't believe in him, and those who bring persecution and problem for his believers, then he, he can you know he can punish them very severely. And then he mentioned the story of the people of Fir'aun and Thamud and those people who brought the trial for the believers and how Allah punished them. So you can see the story is coming. But in this surah, I kind to in Mona Minas al-Islahi, and I think that's Mona for his opinion is the story basically in the this surah referred uh, Fir'aun and Thamud. So this are Sahabul Ukhdud. They are just, just people of fire and they have, will have certain stage in the fire. So first Quran says, The sky which has got many, many burjs. Some people actually say, like Ibn Abbas says, Some people say, Which has got many stars. So no doubt, you know, that palace, they have got also a star. So you can see the stars coming. So all those means they can be true because those palaces, those forts in, in the sky, you know, they have got the stars and some of the stars, you know, their light, they come to the, to, to the earth and there are many, many stars, their, star, their lights, they never come to the earth. They are so huge, so big. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, The day which is promised. That Quran actually keeps coming distant. This is deep in the nature of the uh, of the people. Quran keeps telling the people that the day promised, the day that your heart knows it is promised. Why Quran makes you know this qasam? You know, some people can say if the people don't believe in the day of judgment, so how they are going to accept the witness of the day of judgment? Because they don't believe in the day anyway. 
So why is it that Quran makes the day of the day of judgment as a witness for the day of judgment? Why Quran says the day which is promised? This qasam is very similar to the qasam that I mentioned in the Surah Al-Qiyamah where Quran says in the qasam of the day of resurrection. Why? Because then Quran says In the, in the deep of, uh, uh, heart of the people Everybody believes that whatever they do, one day they are going to be accountable. Why? Because they have got nafs al-awwama. Don't you think really that when you do a crime, first time, don't you feel guilty? Even if people do a crime, when they're hidden from the people, nobody sees you. If you lie and nobody knows and you're lying, still you feel guilt. Why this guilt in the heart of the people? Because the heart knows that whatever it is doing, one day it is going to be accountable. So day of Qiyamah is proof of the day of Qiyamah itself. It does not need any external proof. It's just that Allah SWT just wants to remind you. So that day is deep in the heart of everybody. Everybody knows, everybody has got deep in their heart that one day will come when, when they are going to be accountable to their Lord. So Quran is reminding the people of Makkah that now, you know, not only Makkah, Makkah and Taif both at that time really, they are really very, very, you know, strong against the believing community and the Prophet when he went to Taif, how much problem they created uh, for the Prophet So in this surah, the leaders of Makkah and the leaders of Taif both are warned very clearly. So first thing Quran said that you, know, you people own a little tiny earth and very little space in the tiny earth. You know, you are just become leaders of Makkah and Taif and you are challenging Allah and, and his, his believers and he has got a huge sky and all the palaces and all the power and things which can watch you and see you and then well, Yawmin Ma'ud and not only that he has made a day to which you, everybody is going to return a day of the promise you can't escape that Quran said that you know run away anywhere you can't run away if you have got, except you have got power then no power to run away people cannot escape everybody is coming to him Quran says then everybody will come to us Everybody basically running to the that day which is promised, whatever people do. Every single moment in your life, when you spend, you basically coming, becoming nearer to the day of promise. Whether people are awake or they sleep, they are moving into the direction of the day of the promise. The Quran says that day, remember that, when that, that day will come, nothing can help you. Now you are arrogant and you think really that you have power, you can do whatever you like and you, and you create all the problems for the believers. But you don't remember that soon you will die and soon you will come with no help, no power to us and we can judge and do whatever we like. Then no power can help you. And in the next surah, which is no doubt like twin surah of this one, the Quran said, فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ وَلَا نَاصِرٍ Then human being has no power and no helper. The day of promise will come, no helper there. In this world, you know, it could be possible that, you know, your body, they can you know, support you in your life. But when that day will come, the evil cannot help you. They can't lie for you. They can't help you. No helper, no power. You don't have any power. Nobody can come help you. Your mothers, your fathers, your relatives, everybody will run away from you. You are running to, coming to that, that promised day. In Makkah al-Mukarramah, it could be that Abu Jahl has got a big army, people who support him. In Taif, leaders of Taif, they have got you know, people who help him. And when the Prophet came to Taif, they, they create a problem for the Prophet it could be but when people die they die alone people don't die with other people they die alone everybody dies and come to their Lord alone and the Quran said that you have come to us for the individually 
as we made you individual. Everybody was born alone, and the people will come to the Lord alone. It could be you see them big crowd in the day of judgment, but everybody is on its own. Nobody has got an army. Nobody has got supporters. Nobody has got a family. People will come to the Lord alone. The Quran reminds that how small, how big is your army? How big your supporters? When the day will come, nothing will be there. Wal yawmil maud, the day which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made, you know, for for all the promises. And then Quran says, "Wa shahidin wa mashhud." Shahid ya shahid in Arabic language means to attend. Shahid ya shahid means to attend. Shahid shahid means someone who attends something, and mashhud means the thing which is attended. So one meaning of this is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is making proof of all those who attend. and all those who are being attended and in this context meaning basically is all the people who will come to the day of judgment the shahid every human being all the human being and all the jinnis when they will come their attendants of that day to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shahid every shahid and mashhud means whatever they attend what mashhud will be the fire of hell the paradise and all the things that they will see there that mashhud to every shahid and every mashhud some people say no the meaning is Shahid means a witness. So everybody who makes a witness, and everybody against whom the witness is made. The Quran is saying that everybody who makes a witness in this world, when people go and make a witness proof against someone, and all the people against whom the proof is made, they are very clear proof that one day the last judgment will come. In this world, people go to the court for a judgment. So every time in the court you see, you know, there the witness. and every time you see the people against whom the witness is made that must remind you the real time will come when the people will have judgment and their witness against them so both meaning i find do actually i go for the first meaning and which is the quran because quran mentions promise day to so it more likely the quran says wa shahidin wa mashhud all the people who are attending that day wa mashhud all those who are being attended the only question is why the quran does not show wa shahid wal mashhud Why Quran says shahidin? Because shahid means one attend, one person who is attending, and mashud means one person who is being attended. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen .tv don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support please click on the donate button and give whatever you can our institution is dependent on the generosity of people like yourself